First and Goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson is live 1 to 8 p.m. every Sunday throughout the season. The NFL is on. Tune in. Now, it's time for 2010 National Sports Writer of the Year, Peter King, from MMQB on the NFL on TuneIn. Peter, always a pleasure. Let's start with the report that Colin Kaepernick has filed a collusion grievance against the NFL. I know a little bit about baseball history, so I recall there was a finding of collusion by NF, uh, rather baseball owners years ago when it came down to tamping down salaries in free agency. In general, how difficult is it to prove collusion in professional sports? Uh, I mean, you have to find a smoking gun. And to find a smoking gun, I think, would require uh, multiple teams to uh, who would say, essentially, yes, we talked among ourselves and we said, hey, don't sign Kaepernick. I mean, I just simply don't believe stuff like that happens. Uh, this is too competitive a league. I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I can't say for sure that it doesn't happen. But I think this is, you know, just at first blush, it sounds like it is uh, a very, very frustrated player, and rightfully so, a very, very frustrated player who's angry that uh, he can't get signed uh, because he clearly is one of the best 64 quarterbacks uh, professionally alive, and he's not getting a chance to prove that. Nick Ferguson here, you know, when we think about Mitchell Trubisky, and I know there was a lot of uh, conversation coming into the, today's game. Last game he didn't perform uh, that well, but today he gets his first win of the season against uh, the Ravens. Is this more about, uh, Peter, is this more about Joe Flacco's struggles or the emergence of Mitchell Trubisky? Oh, I mean, I watched a lot of that game today. This is no <laughs> great shining moment for Trubisky, in my opinion. Uh, it's, you know, this game, it was such a strange ball game. It really was. I thought the play of the game was Adrian Amos's 90-yard return for, uh, you know, for a, for, for, a, for a touchdown on an interception because, to me, what this meant, or what this said to me, honestly, this game, it just said to me that, first of all, Trubisky's got a long way to go, especially he's got a long way to go uh, when he doesn't have a good receiving crew right now. And, and I also think what it says is that, I mean, essentially, when you look at what happened in this game, I mean, it was one of those things that almost whoever has the ball last is going to win. And, you know, this is a Jordan Howard uh, Chicago defense game, I think, much more than it was a Mitchell Trubisky game. Taking you around the league with Peter King from the MMQB. Peter, you know the culture of the Giant organization well as we get set for Sunday Night Football. Winless Giants taking on the Broncos. Ben McAdoo's job will be evaluated in the offseason. Do you think he gets any latitude now based on all the injuries being a factor as well? He might. Uh, and I'm sure that they will consider everything. But I think what John Mara basically is going to do at the end of this year is he's going to say, not, well, we had a lot of injuries, and I love this guy. I think it's more like, uh, is this guy, has, she, has he shown enough signs 
to bring us out of this funk that we got into and simply could not get out of. Uh, I mean, look, in my opinion, there's a lot about Ben McAdoo that I would like, if I were John Mara, to have clarified before I want to go with him into the future. I mean, you know, does he have, you know, the unwavering respect of the guys in the locker room? I'm not sure that he does. And so I think that is one of the things that you have to find out before you commit to McAdoo. And look, you know, the one other thing is, I, I'm, I'm not saying that he and Jerry, uh, he and Jerry Reese are a, you know, are a, you know, an item together. But I am saying that I think Jerry Reese is going to get judged at the end of this year too, because I mean, clearly, it looks like, just looks like, you know, last season was the exception. That this season isn't the exception. It looks like last year was. Peter. Let's let's look at Minnesota Vikings situation, their quarterback situation. Uh, Case Keenum has come in in relief of uh, Sam Bradford, and he's played uh, pretty decent. Uh, go back to the Tampa Bay game when he he tossed three touchdown passes. Uh, Sam Sam Bradford, you know, has been having trouble with his knees. hasn't really been health, healthy since entering the league. You have right. Teddy Bridgewater; he's coming back off of injury. What's in the cards for Mike Zimmer and trying to figure out this whole quarterback carousel? Um, in my opinion, Nick, I think that this is why you wait till the end of this season. It's impossible on October 15th to say what the Vikings are going to do with their quarterbacks at the end of this year. It's absolutely impossible because, you know, first of all, I would anticipate that Teddy Bridgewater is going to play maybe six or eight games this year. They need to find out not just, they need to not only win as many games as they can, they have to find out what quarterback they're going to commit to after this season. I mean, Sam Bradford is probably the richest injury-prone athlete other than Joel Embiid in sports history. <laughs> I mean, think about it. I mean, he's, he, you know, and again, I thought this was the year where he would shake that. Phil Simms had season-ending injuries in four of his first five years in the league. Isn't it funny now to think back as Phil Sims, uh, uh, think back uh, when you think of Phil Sims as anything other than an Iron Man? Well, he wasn't an Iron Man his first five years. So I thought this was the year that Sam Bradford would begin to shake that, that label, but obviously not. We'll see if Case Keenum can be a modern day Jeff Hosteller. Peter, let's wrap it up with what's coming up this week. NFL owners having their quarterly meetings on Tuesday. Could there be immediate action related to the national anthem? I I, I don't know how uh, Roger Goodell is going to get uh, get agreement on everything. I mean, I talked to one uh, very high club official this past week who said that he said, "Look, there are so many wildcat people around this league, both players and look. You got Jed York with the Forty ers You guys can do whatever you want." You got Jerry Jones, you know, with the Cowboys. Everybody on this team is going to stand. So, I mean, you know, I I don't know how you make a policy that then tells Eric Reed and his friends with the 49ers who feel, you know, this kinship with Colin Kaepernick. How are you going to tell them you can't kneel anymore? I mean, how are you going to do that? And then how are you going to tell uh, other activist players in this league Here's what you have to do now. The only way out of it, at least in my opinion, is if you can find a solution 
that the players in this league would agree to and would say, essentially, they would say, hey, you know, we want for the long-term future to put the following civil rights programs in place in the NFL and our communities. And if teams can agree on that, if players can agree on that, then it can happen. I just, I don't see it happening in the span of a day and a half uh, when the owners meet in New York this week. Peter, as always, we value the insights. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll chat with you on Tuesday on NFL No Huddle. Thank you very much. The NFL is on TuneIn. First and goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson. Hear every score as it happens live every Sunday throughout the season from 1 to 8 p.m. Eastern.